Hey everybody, good morning. It's Thursday, February 27th. I keep having to look at the calendar to uh, verify the date because I, I simply can't get over that. It's the 27th of February. It's too many days into 2020. We're almost at the beginning of the end of the first quarter. And so much has happened that I think we probably need to restart 2020. Do you know how many things have happened? I mean, typically when a new year starts, you can count down the significant events. This year, there have been so many already that we don't even know. I mean, it started out with World War III, then Kobe died, then other people started dying, and then they, they had a thing over in Asia. No, it's a global pandemic. <laughs> and, and we're still, we haven't even reached March yet. <laughs> so it makes you wonder, what, what, what's up? What's next? Yesterday was the official start of Lent, so hopefully, my God, for 40 days and 40 nights, we might just not have anything at all. I'm really significantly hoping that that happens, right? So today on our show, uh, it's Thursday, and I, I just... Recently, we've been talking a lot about facial recognition. In fact, it has been a debate here in Michigan, especially in the Detroit area. Uh, the Detroit Police Department had announced that it was using facial recognition software to apprehend criminals who have committed crimes. And it became an outcry in the community because we found there were some flaws in the software. The software could not distinguish between people. In fact, one police sergeant uh, ran his face through the database and it identified him as a criminal because his face might have had similar features to someone else when he's in fact a police sergeant. So based on that, they were like, well, it has incredible flaws. If, it, if law enforcement uses it to aggressively pursue people, then it could in fact lock up the wrong people and accuse the wrong people of crimes. So facial recognition software became a major issue. It began last fall, it, towards the end of the summer last year, towards the fall, and the debate just continued. Well, behind the debate was this company called Clearview AI. In fact, I did a show on it in the fall. I did one in January, on January 29th. So if you go to uh, Spotify or look, up, look me up on any of the uh, uh, podcast platforms, you're going to find that I have done significant, I've been talking about facial recognition software because I knew this was going to happen, right? So I talked about it on January 29th, exposed the company behind it. The company is called Clearview AI and they, their client list includes major law enforcement agencies in the United States. All right. So on February 11th, I did a show again because I found that a, a school district in New York was using facial recognition software. I was very alarmed as any parent would be because if the advent of using facial recognition software means that you are putting your criminalizing children and placing their faces in databases with criminal with other criminals. So you're criminalizing them essentially. So if, if we found out for instance that banks use facial recognition software so that means if somebody has robbed a bank, the bank has a da database, right? Uh, it must be, why else would a bank, uh, it couldn't be that I'm borrowing a loan from the bank or opening a credit card, why they want to see what my face looks like. Has to be that they're interested in people whom they think are likely to be bank robbers. 
So we found out that banks use this information. So it's possible that other companies perhaps use this information as well. Well, today is the 27th of February, and we are just a few days into the new year, and already we are learning that Clearview AI, the company who boasted they can't be hacked because the New York Times reporter did ask that question. They can't be hacked. Their software is superior, blah, blah, blah. Well, they were hacked. They released a statement saying that their entire client list was stolen. You really think the hackers went in there and just took the client list? No. The hackers went in there and took them for everything. They took their searches. They took their database. Uh, right? And they took everything. They probably took everything. Now, what should concern most of us is the fact that now our faces, whereas we are here at home in the United States, right? And we think we're safe. You know, you upload your images to Facebook so you can communicate with the people whom you want to communicate with. But now we're learning that other companies, places, hackers, we don't know who the hackers are. They have stolen that database. They have breached it. Clearview AI needs to be shut down. <laughs> I mean, like, like seriously, you are a company that hacked other people's database because that's what it did. In fact, what happened was Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and Google issued cease and desist orders because what face what they did was they became a user on these platforms and garnered people's uh, uh, information. So all our photos right put it in their database and had the nerve to strut around manhattan like they're something uh big and they are the next great thing that is going to drop on the moon or something not knowing that hackers were just sitting there and waiting on the 29th of january and on the 11th of february i predicted that this was going to happen i don't know how anyone couldn't see that i was alarmed that law enforcement would in fact trust a third party who has not been verified. They haven't been verified. They haven't been in business long enough to be verified for them to be described as a military contractor. Typically companies who do business with the military do business exclusively with the military. So they're not uh, a, a, a military contractor. They're just some third party startup, just some independent company who wants to make money off other people's distress. One of the founders of the company is a former associate of Rudy Giuliani. I don't know that I would want to do business with those people or want them to have access to my photos, but they already did. They stole people's photos from Facebook and so maybe everybody should do a class action lawsuit against them because it's unauthorized. I didn't give you permission, but I don't know how that would play out legally because if you, it's kind of like if you put your image on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and Google, it's kind of like you have given other people permission to retrieve your image. But then I could argue I didn't give you permission exclusively to use it to put in a database. You can view my image, but you can't use it or take a screenshot and use it. And I'm pretty sure that's written in there somewhere, right? And so here we are. We find now that uh, Clearview AI has in fact... Uh, <laughs> been hacked and I want to give you some stats around it because it, it's a, it should be of concern to all of us you know we even if I were to change my settings on Twitter or YouTube to make my account private or to delete my images it doesn't matter we already know that 
right? So even if you delete, once you post an image, there is no such thing as that image is deleted. So even if you delete it from your Facebook profile, so someone just viewing your profile won't be able to see it, it doesn't mean that it is completely deleted. It's kind of like your computer, right? If you, if you press delete on something, that doesn't mean it's completely gone. It's written in the code somewhere. You just don't, might not know how to retrieve it, but someone who is familiar with computers will know how. Well, that's the premise on which Clearview AI is based. They know that the minute all of us became aware, some of us would actually go to our, our profiles, our social media profiles, and make our accounts private, right? And delete our images, but it's too late. It would have been too late. But they were so, it's kind of like being too smart for your own good, and kind of like you've struck too much without even testing your own software. So you don't have the right firewalls around your own software, but you are hacking other people's software, Facebook, Twitter, and Google to retrieve people's images. But you, don't, you didn't put any firewalls around yours to prevent unauthorized users. Here's their statement. They said an authorized user accessed their network and stole their client list, right? But they patched it and they are working to strengthen security. And I'm like, isn't that a little too late? You're working to strengthen security after the fact. After you took my photo without my, with my image, after you took all my images, put them in a database, then you're going, and someone stole that database, now you're gonna tell me that you are working to strengthen security and that you have patched the breach? It's the biggest joke ever. This company was also about to make themselves so big they were gonna launch an IPO. They were so sure they were going to be successful. And the hackers did it. I don't know who did, but I kinda of wanna hand it to the hackers because I'm like, stop them in their tracks. But what concerns me is the hidden thing behind this. What really concerns me is guess what? That law enforcement had used Clearview AI, which means that that your history. So law enforcement has a history. They, they search you. They use facial recognition software to see if my face matches the face of someone who did something. And that history is stored in Clearview AI servers. Now they claim that's not true, but we all know that that's not how stuff works. They claim that their servers were not accessed. Then how did they steal your entire client list if they didn't get into your servers first. I just wanna know, I thought that's how it worked. I could be wrong, they just got it out of the cloud so they could get to your cloud too. Hollow, somebody doesn't make sense. And you're all shaking your heads like this is all beyond me. Yeah, to the layman, to us, it is a little bit uh, beyond us because we're like, seriously? So what happens, all of this goes back to a 1996 law, really, when the internet first became proliferous. You know, the, 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 the way the laws are written about telegraph, because that's what uh, the uh, electronic wiring laws are based on, is telegraph, the transmission of ele electronic transmissions. Those laws are dated and did not foresee that there would come a time when we would have these kinds of media uh, so the laws need to be updated. So in 1996, they attempted to update the laws and they kind of literally gave social media companies the, the run over us. It gave them license, literally, to do whatever they want with the public. 
I guess at the time the framers of the law did not include users because in 1996 we probably couldn't foresee a day and time when all of your business would be on Facebook anybody been on Facebook lately I mean people take to Facebook to post how many times they eat per day right people take to Facebook to update their status and post about what they do forget Instagram and snapchat right on Instagram people post what they look like without clothes on right I did not say that for you to go on Instagram to look up naked people right but it is the truth so I guess in 1996 we couldn't imagine living our lives out loud to the extent where we invited people we don't know to come and view our lives so the framers of the law did not expand their horizons to include what we would refer to as present-day mechanics but yet here we are we are in fact in a dilemma and the dilemma we're in is what gives and you and I are sitting there like completely flustered and completely like this is way beyond my bandwidth and even as we try to expand our bandwidth to to figure out how do you work with this this new reality the fact of the matter is that it's beyond us this is what artificial intelligence framers have been saying for some time that artificial intelligence is much faster and more advanced than we recognize it to be by the time you figure it out it's like 20 years into the future I read something recently that says they are developing uh, uh, robots that are going to replace people in a restaurant they're gonna so they're gonna figure that one out first so you go to a restaurant and the robot is going to come and the robot will be cooking and the robot will be serving and washing up the dip washing the dishes in the restaurant and cleaning up so what are those robots going to look like do you think the robot is going to look like uh, uh, you remember uh, iRobot from with uh, what's his name with Will Smith no the robot is going to look like people the robot is going to have familiar human faces to make it somewhat less mechanical the dining experience less mechanical and less mechanized mechanized yeah that's a word mechanized right so that's the design behind it I have already a few years ago uh, in terms of healthcare they have already begun using robots to perform certain surgeries a few years ago I was in a seminar somewhere and I saw where a robot um, you know they presented it uh, where a robot was performing a hysterectomy on a patient and the doctors were standing behind the wall watching this was not on TV I actually saw this and I was fascinated that the robot in fact knew and that described the surgery as complete and that it was accurate and the patient didn't know the patient had consented to it and the patient was out and the patient did not know and the patient woke up and was fine I don't know what happened after that but from what I saw it worked so so they're already trying out they have already been studying this so it's only a matter of time before robots replace humans in a variety of fields it's going to be in banking because they don't have to they think they can control robots right so they're going to place them in in quarantine sections they're going to have access to banking they might replace the military soldiers with robots because they'll say well it would reduce you can just imagine the conversations already uh, I would reduce casualties we wouldn't have to pay out insurance we wouldn't have to pay out survivor benefits you can just hear it happening already 
they're going to replace people who work in offices with robots. They have already, in fact, started. As a matter of fact, the biggest care right now is on the stock exchange in New York, where they are going, they are replacing artificial intelligence with people. So they are now finding that artificial intelligence can actually make better predictions about how the market will go than people. And you can understand why. I mean, it's just data. You put all the data into a software, of course it's likely to make better predictions because the computer computes fast, right? So a person who is making the computation is more likely to factor in their experience and look at other factors, whereas the machine is just going to use the numbers and run a numbers game. So already, uh, people who work on the stock exchange who earn in excess of maybe 160,000 a year, they're already, some of them are going to be cut. So jobs will be lost. That's the first area where they're going to use significant area where they're going to use uh, AI software, artificial intelligence. So this is not a wave of the future. This is now. The future is now. This is not something that is likely to happen, more likely to happen in five years or 10 years. It's happening now. And just like I said on the 29th of January and on the 11th of February, they are going to take these images and they're going to make photo IDs of people. Now, when the hackers take this, they probably want to see who has their information. They want to see if they can access the, the law enforcement databases so they can change people's histories and erase people's histories. So people would just find themselves coming out of jail because there's no evidence that they ever committed a crime because their entire history would be, would be re uh, removed, right? So you have to look for that, right? The second thing is that I'm concerned about is they're going to make what? ID, identification. So who has hacked? We don't need to ask, I mean, it's clear. People with nefarious intentions, they're going to create identification looking like you and I. And they're gonna bring those people to do whatever they wanna do and law enforcement is gonna say, well, it's you because your ID was used and it's your face because your face was there. And what we all gonna say? mass confusion right this is the danger of it. It, it it's much like when the internet first started you remember we used to say that uh i'm not so sure i don't want all my information out there so it has its good and it's bad but the good overwhelmed the bad so we kind of went we went along with it and said oh it's nice it's nice to Keep in touch with people you haven't seen in a while. Keep in touch with family members. You can post pictures of little Johnny and little Ashley going to school for the first time. And if they can't come to the wedding. Start. So we thought it was pretty cool. And to, to reconnect with people we haven't seen in a while. Family members and so on. But it kind of got a little steep. Because we still were kind of holding our breath. Waiting for the axe to fall. Well this is the axe. Artificial intelligence is the axe. Now let me tell you what else I've learned about this. Clearview AI retrieved 3 billion photos. And here's the thing. They promised not to sell it to Russia, China, or Iran. Sure. Uh, Twitter, YouTube, Facebook, and Google had sent them cease and desist letters. But according to Clearview AI, their facial recognition software was saving kids and solving crimes. And you and I are like, which kids? We still have a bunch of missing black women. We still have a bunch of missing children all over the country. So show me where they're saving kids. 
right? And it, it's important to, whenever people start these things, they always kind of gripe in on a prevailing subject to defend their position. Have you ever noticed people just want to start something? So they create, they follow a movement or they follow what prevailing ideas there are so they can start something. And I just want to, I just want to say, I never agreed with this thing in the beginning, but my agreement or your agreement and our complicity is not required in this. This is totally out of our control. This is something that we, you don't have to elect to be a part of. You don't have to choose to be a part of it. It is what it is going to be, which is that eventually robots are going to replace human encounters and human interactions. And those robots are not necessarily going to look robotic. They could look like humans. But the other part of this is that they're taking our face. What are you doing? What are you doing with my face? You're just submitting it to law enforcement? And you're like, but law enforcement already has access to Facebook. When they're looking for somebody, because in most countries and in most cities of the world today, there are surveillance cameras that are monitored by law enforcement, right? London has a whole, the city of London has a whole CCTV network, right? On every, there are cameras everywhere. So if there's a police chase, in real time, they can tell the officers where the car is. We've seen that because they're watching. They don't have to have a helicopter in the sky. They're watching from behind the screen. So everywhere in the world has adopted that. So there are cameras everywhere. These cameras were designed to use to fight crime because crime is, you know, it seems like we can't get a handle on crime no matter where you are in the world. Violent crime is on the uptick everywhere. It's not just here in the U.S. It's not just some cities in the U.S. It's just everywhere. And yet, facial recognition was supposed to help law enforcement solve that. So I figure that law enforcement is at its wits end trying to understand and trying to get a handle on crime in major cities and communities it's distressing because they can't seem to control it so of course someone peddling anything it's going to sound like a hail mary it's going to sound like this is the next uh the next magna carta this is going to solve i'm serious this is the next magna carta it's going to solve all the world's problems it's going to solve all the community's problems but that's not it this software was not perfected prior to its distribution to law enforcement networks. It was not perfected, it hadn't been tried, and that was my issue from the beginning. I felt like if you did it, somebody else is going to do it and replicate it, and they can hack into it and retrieve the data, and here it is. So your search history, if law enforcement, like you know, if you're driving on the street or you have some kind of encounter with law enforcement, your search history, is is there and we don't know how it is used because they're never going to tell us so there you are going about your business and somebody says yeah i saw i saw a guy walking on the street with a girl and the girl looked like this right so they go into their facial recognition software take a picture and put up with it and say oh it was harriet kemak it was she and i've been sitting at home and people knocking down my door and i'm like huh probably have my bonnet on you know my lounge clothes on looking like are you kidding me i've been here all day well we don't get we have information to prove that you were there when it wasn't me because we all tend to look alike right we're humans 
we tend to look alike. And, and the facial recognition software was so incredibly flawed that when it was designed, it was only designed, I don't know who this guy was, his name is Horn Tonfat, right? When it was designed, it was only designed, the art was only perfected on white faces. Everybody else, black and brown people, everybody looked alike. And you were like, are you nuts? <laughs> So law enforcement, when it was first brought out that it's recognized, it lumped everybody else together. They were like, no one had perfected it. It hadn't been tested and tried, but yet you unleashed it on the public. And now all this data that this software has gleaned is compromised and somebody else has the keys to it. We don't know who, we don't know. There's so many people hacking today. Russia's biggest industry is hacking. Russia spends billions of dollars perfecting the art of hacking. That's all they do. Every laptop we have is built in China. So China has a chip to see whatever, what the hell else we're doing. Even the government, the laptops the government uses were made in China. Does that make sense? The laptop the government uses was made in China. And you are like, seriously, was anyone thinking about the extent to which we have been compromised already? So you can put up all the firewalls you want it's already built into their database it's already built into the equipment the hardware what happens is most of us are end users of these products you and I so we're on this side this is not our job we don't think about this not because we're not smart but because it's not required of us we are the end user the people who design these software that's their problem that's what they're supposed to do they're supposed to sit and anticipate how this works. How will it work? What are the likely effects? But it seems like they forgot that because nobody could have foreseen that this was coming down the pike. I don't know, but I knew it would happen. It was too likely not to happen. Can you just imagine a few years ago on Twitter, you remember the group Anonymous? They, they've gone dark now. You don't see them much on Twitter, right? You remember them? They used to hack people all the time they announced it broadly who they were right so they said they could hack into anybody's computer anywhere anytime I believe them because that's all they sit in a room and do all day they can and if you think about it we don't design software but I, I once knew someone who told me that there are only four ways to design every computer all the computers in the world they have four languages four lines of code that determines them. I don't know if that is true or not. I never tested it. And I was like, seriously? She was trying to restart a, a laptop that I had loaned to someone. And she did get it to restart and the computer actually told her what had happened to it. It did tell her what had happened to it. So I, I kind of said, okay, she seems to know what she's talking about. So my thing is this, that if that is the case, then I suspect that there is more to this story than meets the eye. This seems like uh, Clearview might have, the, the company here, facial recognition software company, they might, they have this severely controlled. They are not telling us exactly what breaches happened and how vulnerable the public is. They're not telling us. I suspect that there's more to the story than meets the eye. 
and I think it's going to continue to happen. By the time they were the starters on the block, somebody else has already come up with it. There are other types of facial recognition software out there. And somebody else has already come up with it. And they are already selling it. Maybe companies will start doing it. Right? So instead of, you know, you're walking around with your little ID in companies, it's going to, you hold the ID up, you already have a key fob, you hold it up, then it's, they're going to, you just put your name in there. And your face comes up and you walk up to it and your face, it's not the retina dis- display. So companies are going to start using facial recognition software. Banks are going to, banks probably saw value in it. So if you go to the bank to open an account and you have an account at the bank and somebody else comes in pretending to be you, facial recognition software is going to recognize that it's not you, it's someone else. So this has potential to be a broad-based application. So there is some good to it, but at the same time, we have to look at it from the point of view that what is, if the data breach occurs, how exposed are the rest of us? There are some people whose records have been sealed. They might've committed crimes as juveniles and they're now sealed and they are rehabilitated to the extent where they can live in the society. We really don't want their information to be compromised and to be to be exposed because they're trying to live well, you know, they're trying they're they're, they're they have remedied the situation. But in terms of how in terms of how exposed we are, we really don't know. All we know is that they say they have three billion folders and they kinda of said it boastingly and were very smug about it. While this guy was being smug about it, somebody else was like, I'm gonna hack in there and steal everything you have. Right? They have hacked me. <laughs> I remember years ago, they hacked me through my home internet. Then they hacked me through one of my laptops that I used at a coffee shop. Right? I, I didn't follow the protocols. Typically, when I go into those spaces, I haven't done that in about four years. But I, I used to take protocols. I didn't. They hacked my laptop. Right? It wasn't a Mac. It was something else was a a PC that's when I really stopped using PCs right and then I started using tablets because your mobile devices have more firewalls you know what I mean so I found out that cell phones and mobile devices have more firewalls so I stopped it's interesting because when you look at it these this kind of software is not going to go away as much as we don't like it as much as we resent it it's not going to go away it's going to be here for a while right and I fear that it's going to continue to be utilized in other ways. Like I, I thought of going to work, the workspaces, places where you used your credit card. Like, you know, you go to Sam's Club or Costco or one of the big box stores that you frequently go to. It probably is going to eventually use facial recognition software. Uh, when you go through the toll booths, you know, the easy pass toll booths and so on. It probably is going to zip in, you know, zero in on you and you can get through it. So it's going, it has broad-based applications. When you go to, uh, to get on the plane, for instance, you know, the picture is in your passport, but we know how that can be, right? They're probably going to use facial recognition software. Maybe your passports will become digitized and so on. So it has broad-based applications. The problem is we have to protect the integrity of the software to ensure that it does not get breached or stolen over time. 
and I just feel like that's where this needs to go. Nobody's going to say anything. Law enforcement is not going to say anything because they don't want to know that they have been compromised and they don't want the public to know more importantly that the public may have been jettisoned, that public security and safety may have just been impacted just a tad. Perhaps it was even law enforcement. You know, they probably told them, shut your mouth and don't say anything. Just say that your client list was stolen. That immediately mitigates the exposure of what really happened. But I guarantee you behind closed doors, People were yelling and screaming and cursing words that we can't say on air because they will, uh, you know, beep, beep out or whatever. But just think about it, right? It's something to think about. I never liked the software. I never liked the idea of it because it had not been perfected. It had lumped every one of us into this category and it did not make the distinction between facial features among people of color. And it, it, the people accused the software makers of being racist for not taking that into consideration. And I suspect there was an element of racism there. But more importantly, was that it just had this broad-based application that every black person, every brown person was a criminal. And that is not true, right? So I guess they had some reason for doing this, right? And then secondly, of course, I didn't like the fact that school districts were eventually in an effort to stave off mass shootings in schools, school districts across the country were eventually going to incorporate it. The school district in New York, for instance, who uh, adopted the software said that if students are suspended, they would be placed in a database. So if they came to school, the cameras would capture them and an alert would be sent to security officials to determine if the person should be granted access. But what most of us realize is that that is immediately security officials, meaning uh, 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 the security people, right? So that means law enforcement. So that's criminalizing people for a suspension from school for maybe having a fight or maybe not showing up on time, borrowing somebody's book, whatever. That was unnecessarily criminalizing people. But the gentleman from the school district who was doing it held fast to his idea that it would, if they had that software at Parkland, it would have prevented uh, the, 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 the man, the young man from coming on the campus. What he failed to take into consideration was that the security officer saw the kid on campus and didn't stop him. He saw the young man take the gun out and start shooting and did not intervene or interfere. So you still must have an element of human participation in this. Let's say that the police are really using this to identify criminals. You still need an element of human participation because you're still going to have to look for somebody and ask them where, where, where you were. Prove it. Yes, just yesterday in Detroit, uh, the police uh, chief was giving an expose on why violent crime. There was a guy who, was, who killed six people like within two or three weeks. A real-life serial killer. I kid you not. And turns out that he was out on parole, but he was an informant for a federal law enforcement agency. And while he was an informant, apparently his record was suspended. The Detroit police says they were not aware that he was out on uh, parole violations. There's probably a way to suspend the records because whatever he was an informant for must have been really important, right? But then 
when you the broader question was how to stop violent crime and one of the things that became apparent was that they were releasing people from jail who had a violent history they were sending them out on early release and i'm like seriously you're sending out people on early release who have a violent past you're sending them back out into the public these folks don't they haven't been rehabilitated when they return into the public they don't have anywhere to go they can't get a job because of their history they can't rent an apartment they can't get a loan they can't go back to school they can't get a loan to go back to school so that just makes them angry so all they're gonna do is find guns and just use guns and start shooting people up because they're angry you can't let violent, violent criminals back out on early release. That is ridiculous. Whoever thought of that is, is ridiculous. A, a few months ago, somebody actually brought a similar idea to me that we should re eliminate background checks. And I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. <laughs> I'm like, seriously? <laughs> I said, my ex-husband needs is someone I wouldn't want nowhere near me. You cannot eliminate background checks. And they had not looked at it from that perspective. So it, within the context that law enforcement is using this to fight crime, you have to wonder how effective is it? They didn't run case studies on it. That was the thing. You, you're just taking this software and nobody has any data on it. Nobody has any case studies to see how effective it has been that it is used in other applications and that it has worked effectively. If they could provide me with the data, provide us with the data that it has in fact been done, then maybe we would have been convinced that this was not a tool that is just going to jeopardize people's lives. But they didn't incorporate that, they didn't show it, they just got the software and said, oh, granddaddy, here we come, this can work. No, just no. Just know that no, it, it, it's not working for us, right? I gotta go, folks, I gotta wrap this up. So. I am not gloating. This is not something for me to gloat about. This is not, I'm not happy about it. But I didn't. I knew this was going to happen because I felt that they had not done enough testing on the software. And now here we are, a few weeks later, finding out that the, that a breach, a data breach, has occurred at Clearview AI, and that they have, in fact, lost part of their client list, which could include photos of you and I. They did say they got three billion photos. Why wouldn't you and I be a part of it? There, you know, we are part of the three billion people that they most likely have captured, because they most likely got everybody on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube in the U.S., which would mean you and I. So I am an active participant in this, right? Just crazy stuff. Remember to join me on my show tomorrow as we continue our discussions on the issues that matter. As usual, go to my website, harrykamak.com to see what we talk about and view our previous podcasts on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts. I draw your attention to the podcast that took place on January 29th, in which we first talked about uh, facial recognition as a software, and on February 11th, about a school district in New York that had in fact chosen to use facial recognition software and employ it as part of their crime-stopping mechanism. Uh, facial recognition software is a broad-based application that law enforcement agencies believe is going to help them in their fight to end crime and to stop crime. We hope that that is true, but at the same time, we know that there are some difficulties and that there are some other mechanisms attached to it. There are always people who are ready to tear down something good. So they may have gone into this with good intentions, 
but they didn't protect their firewalls, right? So is this a call to action for you to go delete your photos? It's too late. The horse has already gone through the gate. While we were asleep, they had already done that. So changing your settings on your uh, Facebook uh, or your social media accounts to private is not going to stop anybody from having access to it. If you're logging into someone's server, know that anytime you log into someone's server, your information is subject to being compromised. It is what it is, right? Thanks so much, everybody. It's Friday. It's Thursday. I wish it were Friday. You can tell. It, snow, it snowed yesterday. They thought it was going to be snow apocalypse, but it didn't happen. But we have ice left over. It's been the craziest, weirdest ride of a winter. Just last Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, it was 50 degrees in Michigan. Today, it's 17. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. 17 degrees. So if you're somewhere warm, hi. <laughs> Just hi. <laughs> Right. Thanks, everybody. This is Harry Cameron with Down to Earth. Thank you so much for joining us. Be blessed.